It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pennies Going In Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy! On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we interview Carrie Palmer, the creator of the Furu Killer and the 2510 Method. You find out life's this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% right is a fucking killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. Q knows so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Idex? It's going up a shit ton now. We're up 4%, baby. No way. Four fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words <laughs> different. It's like, fuck, man, I just got dick whipped for like... 20%, and now that f***er's up like 50. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Pennies, pennies, pennies. Going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity of Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny and Christian. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Kerry Palmer. What's going on, guys? Dude, how are you? Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, it's it's a, a pleasure. It's it's a, you know, I, I've I actually found Atlas and everything, which was really where I got my start from listening to like the first episode of PGIR. So that's a full circle, come, man. We've come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if, if anyone's watching the YouTube right now, he does have his skunk. I believe her name is Lily in your lap that's right correct, now. Yeah. We, we're obviously going to have to get into that some way or another. Uh, so, I mean, might as well just dive right in. How did you <laughs> end up domesticating a skunk? Well, I, uh, I didn't like, you know, catch one in my backyard. I, I got her from like a breeder and, you know, the breeder license or like the, the legality for breeders is that they have to be descented. Uh, so she can't like spray or anything. And, um, you know, they're, they're legal in different states. Um, I actually have like a, a rehabilitation license, which is why I'm able to have one in Texas where they would otherwise not be allowed. Um, but if you go just a little bit, I'm in Dallas. So if you go just a little bit north to Oklahoma, you can like, you can own anything you want. Bears, you know, lions, it, is, it doesn't matter. Uh, so a lot of the breeders are up in Oklahoma, just uh, an hour's drive away, thankfully. But, but yeah, she's cool. She's like a cat kind of mixed with a ferret. She's very smart, gets into stuff. 
Um, did you have like an doors. idea of getting a skunk or how did, how did the idea even come up? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's actually, you know, we have like a, uh, like a, we take care of like feral, like animals, cats and stuff like strays. Mm. And, um, you know, at night the skunks would come and like hang out with the cats. And I was like, yeah, these are pretty cool, dude. You know, they're funny. They play and like they do stuff. And I was like, I mean, I want one of those. So, uh, they, they only get born like one time of year. So if you want one, you kind of like have to, you have to know, right. You can't just like go to the pet store. So I, uh, called up the nearest breeder and she's like, yeah, yeah. You know what? In, in March or May or something, or it was April we'll let you know when we've got them born and you can come get one. And I was like, fine. So I paid the deposit then and, and kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and uh, the month came around and I, was, and I didn't even tell my girlfriend. Like, I was like, dude, by the way, I'm about to get a skunk. And she was like, yeah. well, I'm getting a cat. And I was like, you know, that's, that's probably fair. So, you know, we ended up with a cat as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, you, I kind of did it on an impulse, but I'm glad I did. She's uh, sleeping in my lap right now. She's pretty cool. Yeah, you're definitely the first person I've ever even heard of with the skunk. Um, so that's definitely something, you know, I did <laughs> want to get out the way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, you know, you did mention like Atlas being a big part of your trading and everything, but could you kind of like go over how you started trading when you started and like your journey through becoming a successful trader? You know, I'll, I'll kind of trying to think of what like the important details are, uh, but <laughs> Essentially, like when COVID hit, I was uh, I was working at Chuck E. Cheese, like you know, Chuck E. Like the place yeah. Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. right? Um, I was uh, building games and animatronics. That's kind of what I did. I was like a technician, more or less. And um, you know, I was at home. COVID was weird because we kind of shut down, but I was still expected to like go and work carry out. So it was it was a weird time. And I caught a video of, of you know, some guy on on YouTube or something talking about passive income or something, just because I was you know, browsing on, on this Gary V grind, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I'm out here just thinking about like, uh, like, oh man, Chuck E. Cheese might not be the move. Let's, <laughs> you know, YouTube some knowledge. Right. And, uh, and this guy was talking about like, you know, I, 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 he played dividends basically, you know, he was, uh, he's like, I've been investing a lot in trading. So, you know, I, was like, well, I don't know anything about the stock market. Let me look into that. So I looked into that. Um, you know, and when I get into something, I like just a hundred percent consume it and it like takes over my life. Right. So I'm like researching everything, reading all the, you know, lectures or watching all the videos, um, you know, listening to podcasts. So I, you know, I kind of traded on my own, like Robin hood, like anybody else does. Um, and I jumped on Stitcher, which is where I listened to podcasts while I was at Chuck E. Cheese. And, you know, I found, I found you guys and, and a couple others, but uh, I ended up, uh, sticking to this one, um, uh, you know, to, to this one. And, uh, I ended up in, you know, Atlas. I kept, you guys talked about the Discord or whatever. So I'm like feverishly on on the internet trying to figure out like, what, where do I, how do I find it? You know what I mean? Because uh, through gaming communities and stuff, I have a good familiarity with Discord, yeah. but it was, a, it was like closed or something at the time. So it was, it was kind of weird to get in. And eventually I did. And, um, you know, I've always been a scalper. So I immediately went to what was the scalp room at the time. And, um, you know, I kind of learned from there. And I think it's called Momo now. Um, and I pretty much stayed there. Uh, there were times when, you know, just learning that I, I struggled a lot and was considering quitting and uh, Rodessa and people like that in there were like big influences. I'm like, dude, just hang on. You know, it, it, it's bad. It's like, you know, summer, you know, you small caps, blah, blah, blah. You know, so thankfully I kind of stuck to it. And, you know, I, towards the end of last year, I was trading with a firm for about six months. And during that time, I kind of took a break from Atlas because I was moving mostly to large caps, um, which... You know, the scalp team obviously doesn't really mess with as much. 
And, um, you know, while I was there, I learned a bit about options and things like that. Um, This past winter, uh, January to probably to March, I went back into Atlas because, you know, small caps really, really heated up, um, you know, and I contributed there where I could in the Momo floor and what have you, uh, which is where I kind of introduced people to my 2510 thing that I know that a lot of people uh, in there still kind of use or some at least. And you know, from there, eventually, as as summer came, I kind of learned from the previous year's mistakes. And I was like, I'm going to focus on large caps and options and stuff like that during the summer. And then, you know, in the winter, we'll go back to small caps again. That way, I don't have to willingly submit myself to the uh, to the, you know, potentially desert terrain that is the the summer sometimes uh, in, in low floats. When I left Atlas, I had a lot of people or, you know, took a break. Rather, I had a lot of people messaging me. But hey, man, where are you now? Where can I keep up with you? Because, you know, I was trying to share as much as I could. So that's why I started the Skunk King Room, essentially, um, which is like a, a small paid group. I, I, you know, not trying to get rich off of it. I just want to be able to prioritize the people who are like, you know, are, are dedicated rather. And, um, you know, so it's, it's very small, but we have a, a group of people who are, you know, obviously um, big, tw- big Twitter users. I'm sorry about that. But they are, you know, they're, they're good people in there and they've, come a long way and it's really really incredible to see because it's like dang dude like i had impact on you know on these so that's you know kind of where i'm at now oh yeah no it's definitely cool to see and and they are definitely a passionate bunch we saw them in the <laughs> notifications get trying to get you on for a while yeah i saw you you just touched on your two five ten method and you do have a couple strategies you kind of developed do you kind of want to touch on the two five ten one real quick yeah yeah so the two five ten one is was is, is basically like my core one um and it's called that because you know i couldn't think of like a cooler name and it uses you know just in one glance um a two a five and a ten minute chart right and it was primarily for scalping like commons on uh, small caps and it, the way that it works is, you know, within trend, I would identify pullbacks based on like the 10 minute chart. Uh, and then I would look to see like confirmation of strength and volume and stuff on the five. And then I would take my entries on the on the smaller time frame. And through that, I would, you know, on the 10, draw like a couple of lines that I considered key levels based on, you know, 10 minute candles and then make a zone so that when price came into that zone, I would, you know, add like a 100 shares at the top and then 200 shares a little lower and three and kind of just average down to what would eventually be my full position size within that range. Um, and then I'd have a defined stop at like what would be the failure of that trend, right? So it's very, very simple in terms of like, you know, how to do it. You can, it, I, I think that a lot of people kind of latched onto it in, in, in Atlas and stuff, especially newer people, because I, you, you identify a space, you put your bids in ahead of time, you have your stop loss ahead of time, and you literally don't do anything, right? Which I think is what is a lot of people need because it keeps the, the, the head game out of it, right? It either stops you out or it goes to your, your profit target. And there's none of that emotional element of like trying to manage the trade, which I, I was terrible at. Uh, you know, which is kind of why I, I needed something that that would help remedy that, so to speak. Um, and now, you know, of course, you can do it with large caps or OTCs or options or whatever, as long as you know what your share size is and your max risk and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you can just kind of adjust it based on whatever you're playing. So I still to this day use it. Everybody in the skunk uh, skunk room uses it. And, uh, you know, it's essentially at its core, just a, a trend based scalping system. So. Yeah, no, I'm big scalper as well. Um, and then another one you had is your Furu killer method. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, no disrespect to any Furus, but essentially, you're you're shorting it when these hype Twitter plays. Yeah, it, it, I, thank you. I wanted to clarify that that's, the name is really no, not, yeah, no, uh, no. It's supposed yeah. to be a, a personal. 
you know, no, but no, the, no, yeah, essentially the, you know, the way that I come up with strategies is I start with like an idea, right? And my idea was watching because, you know, I have homies, you know, and me and Tommy give each other grief because, you know, I, I will short something after he's kind of played it up and, you know, after he's played it and it's gone up and then they get out and then I'm like, all right, my turn, right? So we yeah. give each other a little bit of, of heckling every once in a while. But um, my idea was that, you know, eventually these Twitter plays, like as they go and go and go, they have significant backside, right? Like the rug pull or whatever you want to call them as people kind of unload. And so the idea is they're like, all right, well, there's potential in, in that downward move. And then from there, I factor in like, okay, uh, instead of figuring out how to make it win better, because like it already does that, right? Like it, it wins. It does what it's supposed to. It, it comes down eventually. I wanted to figure out like, okay, how do I mitigate the the risk that come along with it? So the plan there was, okay, instead of, you know, shorting where you would guess the top and risk getting stopped out or whatever, I wanted a better way to kind of identify like when the backside was already established. And that way, you know, I might not get in at the top, but at least I'm protected from what could potentially just be, you know, a fake out, a dip, what have you. And, you know, through that, I was able to Kind of do some back testing, of course. Um, you know, I looked and I was like, all right, well, 50% retracement, I'll get in at the close. And then the next day, like I found that they would sometimes have like a dead cat bounce or something that would stop me out. And I was like, all right, well, how about as long as it doesn't set a newer high the next day, then I'll get in on the on the second day after the big anomaly run up day or whatever. And I find that that worked a lot better. And, you know, the idea behind it is essentially that like, you know, as things stop going up, straight up, right? People on Twitter have a bad habit or just, you know, people yeah. emotional, you know, big, big, you know, Twitter chatter stocks, you know, people are like, oh, it's it's not going up. It's supposed to go straight up. I'm going to pull out. And as some people pull out, more people pull out and it, you know, kind of unwinds. Uh, so I know that like the, after it stopped, it's like running straight up. It's usually good for at least a dip, right? Um, so, you know, that was because, you know, Furu Killer, because it's, you know, based off of Twitter chatter, but um, it's something that, the I, I kind of came up with and gave to the room and they've really enjoyed um especially because it's you know it's it's like an overnight usually position uh something i did petv recently uh and that one did really well um it, it doesn't give you you can't do it every night but you know on occasion when it gives you the opportunity it does work well and that's that's what i'd prefer <laughs> is uh is is it to work when it's supposed to and and you know not necessarily anything else You've developed two strategies in an overall short amount of time, it seems. Like, what is the crafting process for these strategies? I know you said it starts with an idea, but I mean, like, there's obviously got to be so much fixing. And then you have to realize, hey, this is where I can take profit because all of these are are very technical. You're making basically everything before just to eliminate the emotion. Like, how, how do you tweak these? How do you go about developing them? Yeah, so that's, um, you know, it's a good question. And like you mentioned, the, the idea is usually what's first, right? Um, and kind of even before that is like, as I first started trading, I realized like, what am I the worst at? And I'm the worst at like, you know, emotionally managing a trade. I'm terrible at it. I will, you know, cut myself short or hold too long, like over and over. I, I just, you know, it's something that I struggle with. So, you know, when knowing that I try to, you know, anytime I have an idea, say, okay, well, how can I kind of mitigate my weaknesses or or the, the plans weaknesses more so than like, how can I pump up the strength of it? Because if it's if, it, if it's an idea that, you know, has merit, it's going to work on its own, right? Like, you don't need to worry about like maximizing it as much as you need to. Okay, when it doesn't work, how do I know? And how can I minimize that? So, you know, Furu Killer, I have a, a swing strategy. Um, 
now two five ten. I need to, there's probably five or six different ones we use in the flush points. Um, these are you know I'll be like oh you know what I, I've noticed a pattern this this thing does this uh, the Twitter uh, the Fura Killer one is a, is a good example because like it's pretty obvious like you're like oh you know everybody is it, the very public ticker um, because it's you know been posted on Twitter a lot of people talking about it and I found that you know for instance my first one was uh, was I believe Wish or eight or uh, yeah one of those and you know when I tweeted I was like here's my idea. It's purely technical, like you mentioned. I'm not a fundamentals guy or anything like that. It's purely technicals, and you know this is what I, you know, I think the potential is. And uh, you know, I found people immediately were like, "You're an idiot!" Like, probably blah, blah, blah. was coming out of the woodwork on Twitter, and I was like, you know, this makes me feel a little bit better about it actually, because I know that like my idea was, you know, if it unravels quick because people panic, you know, this is a good people are very hot about it, which makes me know that you know, I'm probably onto something. Um, you know, kind of long story short, you, you know, I start with an idea and I look at, okay, this happens more often than not. Okay, well, how can we capture that? Like, how can we benefit from it? And then, you know, I look at like, all right, well, let's just say I take an entry here, you know, what's the risk at that point? Or how do I identify my, even that entry? Like, how do I know that that's a good place to take an entry? And I look at charts of multiples that have done the same thing. And I say, okay, well, you know, more often than not, they do this or they do that. So let me you know, factor that in. Now that I have that idea, you know, moving forward is how do I mitigate the risk? How do I not get stopped out? How do I know where to stop out? You know, like, what are, do I, where do I take profit? Like you mentioned. And, um, you know, all of it is kind of based around my, my method of like, I'll take a small starter size based on the thesis, right? So like for Furu Killer, I'll, I'll take a small size that night, uh, right before the close. And then the next day I will, um, you know, do what I call confirmation of thesis where I'll size up, like I'll scale into the move, average up, you know, I don't mind averaging up at all. And, you know, I'll, I'll add heavy size once it's proven to me, like, yeah, it's done what you thought it was going to do. At that point, I feel a lot better about it. And that way, if it doesn't do what I want it to do, it, you know, stops me out for a much smaller loss on that starter size. Um, and knowing that, you know, kind of applying that, it gives me a lot more leeway in terms of the shorts or the swings or whatever that I take. Uh, but, you know, putting an idea overall is, is just, you know, back testing and, and, you know, having that idea, looking at where it sucks, like, what are the worst elements of it? What are its worst qualities and trying your best to mitigate those, um, because it's going to win on its own. And you just need to figure out how to make it not lose or how to, how to lose better. And, you know, if you can do that eventually over time, you know, it's going to, you know, you're going to add up in that respect. Hopefully that answers your question. Sorry, it was yeah, a little no, scatterbrained. I mean if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. 
Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I think it's cool. I mean, between that, the technician on Chuck E. Cheese game, and then sh- you also do like speed running RPGs, uh, role playing games for anyone that doesn't yeah. know. Do you find any like center of that Venn diagram? Because I mean, there there's problem solving in all three of those and back testing that goes into all three of those. Is there some like middle ground of it that you find that made that just made you like who you are at, at trading? Oh man, that's a, that's a really good question. You know, that I've not really thought about, you know, I have, um, for instance, kind of to your point, uh, when I was doing like tutorials and stuff like that on YouTube, when I was in Atlas, you know, I, I found it easy to kind of explain a lot of things in terms of video games. So I was like, you know, this strategy, like for instance, in, in markets where it's very pop and droppy um, for small caps, you know, my trend strategy doesn't work very well. And I explained it to people like it, it that that significant drops and not maintaining trend is like its weakness. And, you know, I don't want to if it's if my trend strategy is a fire Pokemon, I don't want to throw it into a water Pokemon market. Right. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like those are that's how my brain processes stuff. It's like, OK, this is on paper. Here's a weakness. Here's a strength. OK, play to your strength, you know, and. And maybe that is because of, of video games and, and you know, the, the techni- technical work that I've done. But I like to be able to look at something and have a plan ahead of time as opposed to having to be reactionary. Because, I you know, like I mentioned, I find that when I'm reactionary and, and that emotional responsibility comes into play that I, I fumble it more often than not, you know, and then I, I can't police myself well. So I think that there's probably, you know, similarity in the, in the, in the sense of, you know, that, that kind of wanting to have some kind of plan for your action, you know what I mean? And, and know that you can execute and know what the numbers are and your chances and stuff like that. Throughout the day, like what, what is your process of trading like? Are you just looking for hyped up stocks on Twitter to short? Uh, like oh, two, no. five and 10, like how throughout the day, like, because I mean, the, for newer traders, I think one of the biggest things for trading on their own, it isn't even the strategy. It's what do I trade without looking and getting an idea from someone else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that is a, um, you know, especially when I was new, that's why I kind of came to the realization that I'm going to have to make something for myself because I tried so hard to find things that other people were doing and like, all right, let, let me just try to do that. And, you know, when I couldn't do it, you know, it makes me beat myself up and I'm like, these people are succeeding. You know, what's wrong with me? Like, how come? And, you know, the the difference is, is just like my individual qualities and the things that I'm not good at or that I'm worse at or better at than, you know, the next person. You know, so generally I, I will, you know, in, in, in the mornings I will, you know, scalp. I, I do the Twitter plays only when they present themselves, not super often, maybe a couple of months or three or four months. Um, but generally, like I wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, in the in the Discord, I'll put together four tickers that I like um, at the bell and I'll chart out where I expect them to pull back to. Um, and we play the, the, the pullback to a zone uh, or the pre-market high break and we play them with options. 
And usually that Momo right off the, the bell on large caps is, is extreme and, you know, options move quite quickly at that point. And, you know, so I put that list together and we kind of talk through what we think we see, um, you know, potential levels. I list them all, you know, this is where I'll be playing it. And uh, then as it takes place, you know, some work, some don't, of course, um, you know, and then I'll talk about it in that room. This is why I didn't think this works. This is what I'm looking for now. You know, I think the market sentiment is different than what I kind of expected it. You know, so let's switch to a more short bias. Um, and the, the biggest thing that I, I preach is like, you know, don't focus on the, the market having to be a certain way. Like it, it doesn't have to be a green day. It doesn't have to be a red day. Like just know how to adapt to like, oh, is it, you know, is, is, is Powell about to come in and wreck shop on, on the spy? Like, well, sure. Okay. Well then know that that's a possibility and, and play it as so don't be trying to take longs where they're not available. Just, you know, kind of play to what you see. So, you know, that's why I, I, I stress the, you know, be able to short, be able to swing, be able to take puts, take calls. Um, you know, if, if you focus too much on one thing, then, you know, you, you have a much harder time succeeding when there's, you know, that's that, that setting is not presented to you. Uh, and I think that that's probably where a lot of the, you know, the, the, the devout, uh, skunk gang members, uh, you know, probably come from because a lot of them are like, dude, I, today's a red day and I've had my biggest day ever. And I'm like, it, it's it just as long as you're not trying to out, you know, to do what's not available, you know, it, it's it's make it easier for yourself, right? Just the easier you can make it, the 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 better it'll be. So you know, that's that's kind of where I that's kind of what I do on the daily. And then the swings and stuff, obviously, are you know, I scan for them and I you know I see what what looks good. Yeah, you you have like it seems like you're you're like a jack of all. This sounds rude, like jack of all trades, master of maybe none, maybe like one or two. But it seems like you're so good at adapting to like whatever situation. Do you really? Is there anything you think you need to get? But obviously, we all want to get better. But what do you think is something you need to get better at personally? Like when training, because it seems like you've gone over short swings, all of this mm -hmm. stuff, and it's like you have so many tools on your tool belt. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, a great question. And I think that idea of having so many tools in my tool belt is because, you know, I'm like you mentioned, there, there's, I, I'm, I'm just not, you know, amazing at one thing in particular. And, you know, in order to give myself the best chance, I was like, well, I'm going to need to be able to do more if, um, you know, if, if I can't just really milk one thing. So, um, you know, there, I think there's a, a lot that I, I, could improve on. I, you know, I, I try to preach this, like, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, you know, I know that on Twitter and stuff like that, when you know, people are like, oh man, look up to this guy. And I'm like, dude, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese eight months ago. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a guy and, and I'm, I'm trying to get better. And, and the best way that I can do that is to, I, I preach it to everyone all the time is like review, review my trades at the end of the day, see where, you know, what I thought was going to work didn't see why, you know, maybe interpret that moving forward. And, you know, I tell everybody to, especially in small caps, to journal what you play and like all the way down to the setup. So like if I was to play a, a bull flag, I'd write bull flag, 10 o'clock, this ticker, what have you. Uh, and then after I played it, I'd say, okay, win or loss. Um, you know, and I do that for every setup, so to speak, or every idea I took. And then at the end of the month, I would look at that notebook and be like, all right, I got a 80% win rate on bull flags and a 10% win rate on bear flags. And I'm about 50% on breakouts, right? Well, at that point, I know like, all right, never play a bear flag and like size up on bull flags and, you know, maybe proceed with caution on on the one that I'm 50 percent on. Right. And just knowing that information, which is a big part of like all of my different styles or things is is where I can 
you know, know that I suck at some things and maybe focus on them less and just you know, only utilize the areas where I have more success. And, um, you know, on top of that, just the psychological element of like being able to take losses, you know, is uh, being able to have a red day and bounce back. Like uh, my biggest issue is, is when I'm red, I'm like, I can get out of this. And then I'm big red. And I'm like, wow, I wish I would have been small red, you know, like those yeah. are the things that I struggle with right. every day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think that that's something that I'll necessarily be free of one day but I, you know the the you you see it enough times that one day you're gonna be like not nah, the last time dude I, I know exactly what happened and uh you know hopefully you know i can continue to do that and improve overall what do you think has been like your biggest learning experience in trading because i mean it sounds like it's so statistical and it's based on information that you've gathered or do you have like those times where something so good or so bad happened it's like oh, voila you know, I think that there there is a uh, uh, as much as I you know hate to tell it to people because you can't depend on it. There's an element of luck to some things, especially you know the shorting, um, you know offerings and stuff like that. Kind of, you know, I'm like, oh my god, and I was you know I wasn't expecting that, but that's very fortunate uh, for me at the, at the in my position. But um, you know that there is, you know, different different things have, have kind of you know come into play over time that I've, I've kind of accumulated, um, which I think is you know kind of frustrated me because like you mentioned there wasn't one day where i was like i got it now like it's figured out it was a long process of figuring stuff out and being like oh yeah i got it now and then and then realizing i don't and like taking a huge loss or you know misplaying something and being like oh man maybe i'm not where i thought i was and then you know having to rebuild and you know it felt like i was taking so much longer than some of the people i see posting gains on twitter or whatever like oh hell yeah 2x my account you know 25 to a million in a week and, and i was like man like i'm you know i feel like i i'm so close to to getting it sometimes and then i'm not and you know over time i realized that like all right how do let's just focus on doing less failing and and you know and hopefully that over time will start to compound the, the days where you're already doing well and, uh, you know, I think that that was and focusing on that still is is my biggest priority, because like I, I know that a lot of people can sometimes, you know, and, and people mean well, they're like, look, you know, I made it from 10 grand to a, a bazillion dollars, you know, and it's motivational or whatever. And, but some people like myself would look at that and be like, man, comparing myself to that, it's like, what am I doing? Like, how, how come I'm not? How come I'm not better? Right. Um, and instead of appreciating that, like, you know, my journey rather was not necessarily as identical. Yeah. Just understanding that everyone's chart is different. Like every stock mm -hmm. has a different chart. Every every trader's portfolio is going to be different in their experience. Well, I mean, eight months is still, uh, I mean, right? That's how, or oh, what, what's it here, been? By the way, no. guys. I, I, yeah, I started, uh, no, I started trading. I'm, no, I'm just. I'm sorry. I, I totally, uh, I totally botched the timing. No, I started trading during COVID basically. So it's been gotcha. about, this is like yeah. going on this, the year and a half remark, uh, 16 months. Gotcha. Actually. No, I mean it's still it's still incredible to to still have that kind of success. Uh, I mean, you know, anyone that knows my story, it, it was way longer <laughs> before I saw any success. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just fascinated because I, you and I are surely we're definitely different um, <laughs> inside the trade. Like I totally am inside the mindset that you know you should focus on one strategy that you find. Um, that, that you, you know, that you find works best for you and go out from there. But I, I like the, I, I like, I would like to think that I could sit there and have five or six different 
things inside my tool belt to do. And, you know, even though I have different strategies, it, it comes down to, you know, like I know for a fact that my day trading account is a tenth of the size of my swing. Yeah. Account. Um, but I still think that's really cool to hear your process and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm enjoying hearing it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to share and yeah, you know, and that's, you know, I, I totally agree with what both of you said, right? It's like you do what works for you. And if don't try to make something that works for you, not work for you, of course. Right. Um, you know, focus on something that, you know, whether it be, and that's kind of how I developed my first thing myself was I was like, dude, I, I can't get any of these, you know, I was on YouTube trading strategies, you know, teach me, I want to learn all this. And I learned a bazillion strategies and I sucked at every one of them. And I was like, dude, how is this possible? Um, and eventually I, you know, I, I, you know, found things, a thing that worked and, you know, I built off of that when it influenced, you know, oh, I see a potential in swings or shorts or what have you. Um, yeah, I tried to give myself those opportunities, but you're right. You know, I, I preach it to people in my room who are like, hey, I'm doing really well on pre-market high breaks. Should I start doing it? I'm like, no, no, just do that until you, you, you know, just do that for now. Like if that's what's working, do it, please. Um, you know, and, and. It, it's it's so crazy because like we're all looking at Tesla for instance and we can play it five different ways and all of us can come out green or red depending and we're like wow that's you know that's that's just kind of the beauty of of the the industry I guess. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No, for sure. I mean, that, that's that's the best thing about it. Um, you mentioned being able to take uh, red days, mm. and I think handle red days. Uh, was there something that particularly helps you handle the red days? Like, uh, like for instance, myself, I will wire out $50. Like it, that $50, it does absolutely nothing, but that helped me mentally, uh, to see a few more dollars inside my bank account. Is there something that you do to handle the red days or is it just like over time you gradually got okay with it? Yeah, no, I cry mostly. Um, <laughs> that's usually where I start. Um, like I saw, we all just huddle all together. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, one time I ate dog food for IDEX. That was a whole thing. Um, you know, so Holy sometimes I, I try to, I try to like make it, 
I shaved my hair for Fisker, but yeah, I'm hey, you know, eating some, fucking some, dog foods. That's 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 gross, man. Yeah, but that's, think about it. I'll never touch Idex ever again, right? Never. I don't <laughs> care what happens. So, you know, maybe there's some merit to it. But uh <laughs> but no, the um realistically, like when it comes to red days, and I was terrible about it at first. I literally had to call my brokerage, because uh, I was doing like because I was under PDT, I was doing like an offshore brokerage for you know to get around it or what have you and i called them and i was like yo 200 dollars red i need you to shut me out of my account and, and they did and you know after six months of that i was like man this sucks um and then you know but it, it taught me like all right you know that's what you do but the, the big thing though is when i got to the firm uh, i was trading for a firm at the time and how they do you were go from like, chuck e you know, cheese to firm <laughs> yeah well wait it, wait 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 wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Oh, I thought you meant like the stock, like AFRM or whatever. No, 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 no. I traded for like firm, like a, 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 a like a prop shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a prop firm. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, how long did you do that for? Well, so that was all right. So like the time frame was, you know, I, I started in in COVID era or whatever, and yeah. um, about uh, November, I'd say of that same year, I. I reached like I literally found them on Indeed and I messaged them and they're like, all right, we'll put you through this challenge, so to speak, like this training regimen. And uh you had to get like, you know, 10% gain on your account without like a specific amount of rules over a certain amount of time or whatever. And once I did it, I was like, all right, here you go. And part of me thinks that the only reason I did it is because I was trading Tesla when it had that mad run from like to 900, like you know, back then. Yeah. So every day was like, oh man, this is you know, I just buy Tesla and then I sell Tesla and that was it. And you know, so I might have gotten lucky in that respect, which again kind of goes back to my earlier point that you know sometimes that's okay. Dude, like every everyone yeah. got lucky last year. Like if yeah, you were yeah. trading in 2020, you're lucky. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I tell people that all the time. You know, I have that that thought of like, dude, I should have bought, you know, Everything. Delta. You know, like <laughs> I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? But you, you're so right. Um, and so you know, I'll take it where I get it. You know, kind of in hindsight, looking back. And so they brought me on, and the biggest thing that I learned from them was not necessarily like I, did, I had mediocre success. Like I wasn't making buku bucks. I was just, um, you know, trading a little bit. And I was doing it while I worked at Chuck E. Cheese because my hours due to COVID were shifted. I could trade in the morning and then go to Chuck E. Cheese for the rest of the day. <laughs> And uh, sometimes sit at Chuck E. Cheese behind the basketball game, like on on my phone or something, right? But <laughs> the um, you know, the, while at the at the trading firm, though, they they put us through like this this course, this study plan, basically. And um, you know, maybe the element of knowing that like this is their money and like oh, I'm on the hook for someone else, uh, but they they would shut you out after a certain amount of red on the day and and things like that. And I think just doing that for two or three months got me to the point where I was like, all right, this is understood. So when I came back to trading my own account uh, towards February or whatever, and I was doing small caps, uh, because you could only do large caps with with the firm. Um, when I was doing small caps, oh, that's so fun. it made it easier to adjust. Well, yeah, they, they you have to be like a certain, like there's like levels. And because I was at the there's base level, the they're shit. like, yeah, they're oh, like, I there's think, no low okay. floats for you, dude. We can't trust you. <laughs> so um I, I was like, I eventually moved to small caps and, you know, on my own, my own account. And I was able to remember like those risk mitigation and like max loss per trade. Like, how do you assess all of that? And I think that that helped a lot in terms of moving forward. So, you know, on the days where I'm red now, I'm like, all right, you know, this is 1% of my account total or 2% or whatever. And, you know, whatever my rule is. And then I look at that and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Right. You know, that's, that's, and sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world is to be like, well, you know, that's a pretty good setup right Damn, there. Damn, I got to leave sure, work you, early you, today. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you're done, man? Are you sure? So, and then I'll like go into my room and, 
and be like, I'm just busy myself with other things. So the video games help a lot because I, I stream on Twitch. So as soon as I just close it and once I start on Twitch, at least there's like a, a group of people watching that I, you know, at that point, I know I can't be like, oh, let me play some video. Let me let me place a trade because, you know, yeah. you know it's like You're visible, not, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that it's, you know, like you mentioned, there's different ways, but I, I think that doing it. A, a good way long enough will like kind of make it habitual and that definitely cuts out those outlier spike days where you're like oh i was huge red today because i didn't know when to stop so you know hopefully that we can continue that process i think i think that's a good transition to our last question slash topic something you do on twitch uh it's kind of big right now you raised around $22,000 as of time of recording for yeah. mental health over the past However long, and you can get into the detail. Do you just want to like talk about that and maybe let people know where to donate and everything? Oh, yeah, sure. That would be amazing. Um, you know, so it is a annually we have this event and due to COVID, it's usually in person in Salt Lake City, Utah, the most magical place on earth, right? Um, <laughs> and we, we usually have this event in person. And because we haven't been able to, the group that puts it together has kind of delegated it to me and a couple of others. And um, so we're raising money for NAMI, which is the uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness, um, you know, in the gaming community and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of you know, marginalized people kind of flock to the gaming community. So it's very common that you you see that, you know, mental health is an issue. I think that COVID has kind of made it painfully aware to everyone that it's a bigger issue than, than a lot of people you know, might give attention to. Um, but great cause, great people. And we basically just play video games for seven days straight. You know, different people will come and showcase games that they work on, um, you know, speed runs, right? So got people who are you know, running all kinds of stuff. I think right now it's like the original fantasy star from Dreamcast or something weird. But uh, yeah, for we 24 hours a day, seven days straight. And, you know, we have different people commentate. Is that and race healthy? And, well, you know, it's not one person. So it's like, because, you know, like we take shifts. Those of us who run it, though, we have like, I'm like sleeping on my office floor. Like, is it my time to watch? You know, <laughs> to make sure that things are going well. But uh, but yeah, you know, we we've raised twenty two grand so far. Um, you know, Tommy was part of that though. My my man, he was. Uh, yeah, he, he was kind that's, that's kind of what what put yeah, it on yeah. my radar. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, you know, our, our goal is to raise you know fifty grand by the end of the week. Um, you know, we're about halfway there with our the weekend coming up. So we're hoping we can get there. But yeah, Tommy, we 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 read all the donations online, right? Like live on the on the air, so to speak, and. Uh, you know, so I, I sent it to him and he was like, oh, that's so cool, dude. Because they were like, Tommy and everybody's like, Tommy's a legend. And I was like, oh, man, don't don't give him. Don't get don't fool fuel don't his ego. Too, man. Yeah, <laughs> that, don't don't get that blonde head too. too, yeah. too yeah, well, dude, I had no idea. That's that is so cool. That uh, it's, is, uh, it's a ton of fun, man. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. But no, man, it's 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 been awesome. Uh, you're so well spoken. This is very real, and I think it's gonna really help a lot of people. Um, and yeah, just thanks a lot for coming on. Oh yeah, can I give the uh, the link? I guess to the stream if you guys want to watch it or whatever. I totally yeah, yeah, for it. sure. Right, so yeah, it's, dude, um, of course. it's Twitch.tv/rpglimit/break. And if you just want to watch, you know that's more than welcome. If you want to donate, you can find the link there, like on the screen. It you know, uh, I built all the animation and website site and stuff for it so i'm very very proud of it um but you know it's a uh, it, it's good fun so you know i appreciate you guys letting yeah. me take the time to uh we'll to speak include that on the on the tweet this week hey, put up the episode. awesome man that would be that would be incredible so th you know thank you guys for having me shout out to the skunk gang i know that they have been politicking so to speak so you know i appreciate you guys putting up with it all right man well yeah, you man. have a good weekend and uh good luck with all your traits hey you as well guys take it easy
Peace. Penny's Going in Raw is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to Brand New on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.